0: It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione, and we've got a great show for you today, more pro partnerships revealed, some retirement news, we've got a rookie preview coming up, buy or sell, and then Trey's favorite game, name that player, where Anthony and I look really, really dumb.
1: Yes, it's going to be tough.
0: (laughs) That's why he likes it. (laughs) No, but uh, – really? I got
1: I to make you guys look dumb sometimes. I mean, yeah. geez. It's, it's, it's
0: I think you do like, that
1: just, just fine on our own, Trey.
0: <laughs> it's not like it's that difficult. <laughs> Pretty sure I said uh, Fisher Hamilton was from some – Texas or something.
2: Texas, so. yeah. He was from Texas.
0: <laughs> you know, it happens a lot around here. All right, anyways, uh, weekends, any cornhole for either one of you? I'm sure lots of football, at least in my house. It's
1: football season.
0: Football season.
1: I'm I'm a Clemson season ticket holder if anybody didn't already know that. So, no clue. Um, Is that a thing? Uh so I had I got to, It's a bummer. So we have 7 home games. I only get to go to 4 this year. So between Whoa. I missed one for our trip Michelle, but it was it was fine. And then um we had the, I got well, I'm going to miss one for the draft, and then mm-hmm. I have a wedding and another one. Who does a fall wedding? Oh wait, my Best friend does a fall wedding what is he doing <laughs> um uh so i miss so i only get four games so i had one of them this weekend so i it was an 8 p.m game we were out at you know setting up the tailgate at 7 45 a.m so literally from i did i got a full 12 hours of tailgating in on saturday so <sighs> it was a great day it was a great day do
0: you pull out boards like mini boards or anything
1: uh, we'll set we have boards in the trailer sometime we didn't set them up this week but like we we, we set them up whenever yeah we have mini boards AC, regular ACL boards I mean okay. I think I have some I, it's one of those things if anyone runs a tailgate you know you just put stuff in the trailer and then when it, it stays in there permanently so I think I still have like 2020 fire cornhole starters in my tailgate because Jason McCannon gave me these orange and purple fire cornhole starters so if you A Fire Cornell starter was like the first bag they came out with that they went away (laughs) from very quickly. So I have uh, a thing up here somewhere.
0: (laughs) I like that you assume that we have trailers for tailgating. Like that's just a normal thing.
1: Well, if you're a hardcore tailgater, you have – got some type of vehicle that you consistently use. So for us, it's a trailer. I mean it's like we have – we have two tents. We have a TV. We migrated away from the satellite dish this, 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 this year. We now have the home internet from T-Mobile. So uh, that's not free publicity. That's not a sponsorship. But like, we got, we got the TV set up. We got the two tents. We got the food. We got the trailer, the boards, everything. So it's a, it's a full production. Sounds,
0: great. Sounds awesome. I just As you know,
1: Michelle, we the rider household doesn't do a lot. But the things that we do do, it's 10 out of 10. We do not. (laughs) It's like cornhole Disney Clemson football. That's all we know how to do. And there's zero, there's zero room for anything else in our entire life. So that, that consumes a hundred percent of our year.
0: We, uh, we roll a TV out to the, to the deck. There's a, there's our football setup. Hey.
1: That's a <laughs> mini tailgate. I like it. You got a hot tub too. So I don't have that. Maybe we'll have to add that in future years.
0: That is, that is pretty clutch. All right. Let's get into our uh, new partnerships. Uh, we have Cheyenne Bubenheim and Jeremy Fraser, Ryan Windsor and Matthew Creekkiller, Yeti Irwan and Kimberly Glass, Tubby and Tyler Cobb, Dean Norton and Corey Gilbert. Noah Wooten, and Noah Almanza. So let's just talk about those first, and then we'll talk about some of the top players that don't even have a partner yet, at least that we know of. Um, so, uh, Trey, thoughts on some of those partnerships? Yeah,
1: I think the big one for me is is Ryan Windsor and Matthew Cree-Killer. So uh, Windsor and Cree-Killer, when I first heard it, so they just announced last night, which is actually tonight as we're recording, right? there. That's what they're announcing tonight. But um, it, it kind of like... it it caught me off guard. Like I had, I had to think about which angle it was coming from, like how they linked up. Like it's just a very unusual partnership to come together, right. Two opposite ends of the country. I mean, I guess some bag affinity, but like for the most part, you know, Creek killer has been diehard BG Windsor has been, you know, kind of this Windsor bag that was Reynolds and then BG for a while. So it just, I didn't really understand where it was coming from. Um, and they didn't even play on the same front. So that's sometimes where I look for partnerships as well, right? Did they, you know, one was a ringer and one was a maze, right? So what's the singular of Maze? Maze? <laughs> No idea. Right? Ringer, yeah. ringers, right? But Maze, Maze. That's a philosophical question. That was the, but, but that was the interesting partnership to me. I think it can be very successful. They're both very level headed, even keeled players. I think, you know, for Creek Killer, for him going from a Jacob Foreman to a Ryan Windsor, personality wise is really not going to be that much of a difference, right? So I think they'll ha- still have some similarities there. Um, for Windsor, this is a little bit different of a partnership, right? Because I think this is the closest that Windsor's going to get to kind of having an A, you know, a 1A, 1B type of partnership, right? Although Alex Hicks was very talented, it was very obvious that Ryan Windsor had to be the um the mentor in that situation, right? He had to be the one that was leading that team whereas with creek killer it feels like two very good individual players teaming up to see what they can do in doubles um even back to when Ryan Windsor played with Isidro Herrera all of those years i think it was because Ryan Windsor and, and it's weird using this 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 adjective but he was more of the extroverted person right so i mean i wouldn't say he's an extrovert by any means but like or because Isidro was so like yeah. so, such an introvert that Ryan Windsor, again, still felt like that mentor, still felt like that leader of the team. And this is maybe the first opportunity where we're getting a little bit of a different dynamic there. But overall, I think it's a team that can be be quite successful. If I'm going to mention one more team in my opening, I'll just say, you know, I kind of like Tubby and Tyler Cobb, right? I think it was great that Tubby and Tice decided to go with different partners this year because I think it, it might've been a little bit of a brotherly chemistry that actually brought them down a little bit. Cause I thought Tubby was great individually in singles and Tice has had not a great year and a half in comparison to where he was. So I think being able to have him completely detached, do something totally different. He's playing with Cameron Belvin next year is going to be beneficial for Tice to reset on the flip side, Tubby and Tyler being able to combine and put together a really solid team, I think has potential to make them both better. So I think this is an instance where all three brothers kind of switching up who they're playing with this coming season is actually going to be in general a benefit to all of them. And I think that's what makes it exciting to, to watch all of them play.
0: Absolutely. Anthony, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. A lot of
2: thoughts. Um, I mean, so Bubenheim Frazier, this feels like a bit of a lateral move for me for Bubenheim. If we go back to last season, uh, Cheyenne and Maudlin obviously teaming up in doubles uh, didn't finish really as well as they thought they could 35th in doubles. I thought they might've been uh, like around a 20 doubles team, but really kind of performing lower than we thought. And if we look at Maudlin, he's kind of fading over the years, right? He was 26th a couple years ago. 40th in singles last year. What does it mean for modeling this year? And then we have a Frazier trending up. You know, he had a big jump from like a hundred and something to 60 something. So I kind of feel like Frazier and Modlin are converging together right around that 45 to 50th, ranked singles player in the league. And then you put that together with a Bubenheim, but this is really a big pickup. I think for Fraser. we should talk, be talking more about that. I think this is an opportunity for him to say, Hey, I am a trending up player. Now I have a top player in a Cheyenne Bubenheim. Let me see what I can do in doubles. And I think last year was really good for him playing with a legend like Dave Sutton, really getting that IQ and that, that experience into the double team. I think he'll be a solid um, a solid partner for Bubenheim and maybe even improve on their is their 35th and doubles last season Windsor Creek killer also I feel a bit of a wash I mean it, coincidentally Windsor Hicks 12th and doubles last season Creek killer Foreman 12th and doubles last season so we're seeing a, a similarity there now Foreman outplays in doubles then we do see him in single so he's a really good doubles player I think they could actually improve on that 12th position last year in doubles, but maybe not by much, but I think there's potential for dropping, dipping into, uh, into the top 10, um, Irwan and glass. Um, I kind of feel like we should be talking when we talk about doubles team, we should be really using that top 50 qualification as the mark, you know, is this a good doubles team? can they re-qualify as a top 50 doubles team? I don't think so. You know, I mean, if we look at the women in general, all female teams, we don't really see a lot of success. Um, you know, Finley Streaker were an outstanding case last year, really killing it together. You know, top they were in the twenties somewhere in doubles, really showing that an all female team could compete. But even if we go back a couple years ago where we had like a a Finley Bubenheim Renner at the time, 66th, you know, Cassidy and Hunter, we thought would do really well together. You know, they were barely 40, 50. So if we look at this team, I, I don't think that they really improve much on what they did last season. Will they requalify as a top 50 team? I don't think so, but maybe 80 to 90 in doubles. I kind of see those. That's where those ladies are going to end up. The Cobb brothers, um, the Cobb brothers are staying together. But like Trey was saying, we're going to get a little bit of a swap here, right? Uh, Tice out, Tyler in. Um, now, it was Tubby that showed kind of more the A player in singles, but it was Tyler that had a really good double season. He did qualify in top, inside the top 50 with a Kobe Costanza. So losing Kobe, picking up Tubby, can they improve on that 40th doubles finish? I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be close to to 40. I think Tubby is showing, you know, either consistency over time because he was kind of you know, 50 to 62 seasons ago, 50 to 60 last season. So he's showing consistency, but I think both, both guys are going to need to improve just a bit uh, to improve on that top 40. And it was Tubby and Tice that were way out there in the eighties. You know, I thought they would have been a qualification, requalify as a top 50. So it could be that we just kind of see the same thing from last season, but I do hope to see them improve out of the West uh, Norton and Gilbert. I mean, if you look at the doubles teams, they were on last season, um, it could be argued that they were the A players in those teams. Now the two A players coming together. Now Ricky Gonzalez does do a really good job in doubles who was teamed up with Gilbert last season, but it was Gilbert that kind of showed out in singles. Again, I, another team that I just don't see crack in the top 50. Again, if we're using that as a baseline of what a good doubles team is going to be next year. I don't know if they can crack top 50. Um, you know, uh, if you look to last season, Norton Norton Thielen were 74th. Gonzalez Gilbert were 69th. So now they come together, and in singles, it was even worse. So uh, can they crack top 50? They're going to have to definitely improve on what they showed us uh, last season. Wooten Almanza is an interesting one. Um, we're talking about two players were at the top of the food chain two years ago, right? Almanza finished number seven. I want to say Wooten was somewhere inside 20. Um, If those two guys, if we bring the Almanza Wooten from a couple years ago together, we're talking about a top 15, top 10 team, but we did see them fall significantly last season. But what surprised me the most was the bag sponsorship. You know, we got Almanza, which was with Team Ultra last year, no surprise that they're not with Team Ultra. I think that you would see Noah Wooten team up with Matt Guy before you see him sign with Team Ultra. That shit's not happening. So moving over to AAR uh, was a bit of a surprise, but we do see the connection, right? Belvin is AAR. I think regionally it fits Wooten relationship-wise, and I think it's Almanza that was kind of brought over. So those two, I I'm scratching my head on this one. You know, they're – Elite at one point kind of fell off last season. Technique-wise, I think Wooten's just slipping a little bit. Technique-wise, Almanza is the model technique. So really opposite spectrums of mechanics. What do they look like together? Um, can Almanza improve from last season? I mean, he was with the Clemmer, right? Who was, what they finish, Trey? Top 15? Can can Almanza improve top 15 with Wooten? Or did he take a step back? That'll be interesting to see how that plays up. But if if those two guys bring their two years ago game, they're going to be tough. You're going to say something
1: there, Trey? I was going to say, maybe one of the very hyperbolic statement, but has there ever been a team going into the season that has had a bigger bigger difference between what you think their ceiling is and what their floor is than Noah Almanza and, and Noah? Rick? Right. I mean, genuinely, you told me right now, if I, Anthony, right now this team finishes sixth in the world next year, are you shocked? Absolutely shocked.
2: Absolutely. You are shocked. I am shocked if they t- finish top seven in the league.
1: Wow. See, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I'd be a little bit surprised. But then, if you told me they finished seventy-fifth, would you would you be shocked? Yes, I would be shocked also. <laughs> okay, well then you're not proving my point at all. That so.
0: was totally um, on. She asked me because I would have said yes to this. I would have been with you, Trey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, see see to me to, to me this team like this is a team that could put it all together and be one that's outrageously successful, or it could be another one where you have Almanza going 0-2 at every other national, it feels like so to me. Here's why I, I'm I, shocked.
2: To me, it's the it's the Noah Wooten factor in this partnership. Uh, Wooten's about to be a dad, and if anybody knows you know, that, that is a huge commitment coming right into the season for him. So how that plays into the mix is going to be tough. I've been there, and I know it's going to pull a lot of his time. And a guy who's falling, now you add, you know, the whole responsibility of being a dad and a, and, and a, and a husband and all that on top of it. That's a tough recipe to, to finish i I'll add six. one
1: thing for no and Cameron Belvin tonight. A lot of people may have not thought about it and I just started to think about right what Wooten and Belvin are known for doing right now in their stage of life is traveling the world. Yes. They're not going to be doing that with a newborn, but they're going to be set. They they have to have a home base somewhere and a newborn. Sometimes it can be, you know, chaos and sometimes they can sleep all day. Right. I mean, (laughs) there's this, there's a small chance that Belvin and Wooten, are able to lock it in because the ability of themselves to root in one particular area and just grind out some practice. I understand the odds are against them, I but get I that. Think I get that. that could at least make them
0: better. I asked Cameron at the last event, I said, you know, you guys are like travelers. You don't really like land in one spot too long. She's like, no, we have a place. We're there. Like so, she made it sound like that was not the case at all. And I was like, okay, so maybe it's my perspective, but Babies can be grounding, right? It's, gonna, it's yeah. Going out and doing stuff can become difficult. <laughs> so you tend to stay home a little bit more. But if, if they can get good at, at, at wearing that baby and playing, then they'll be, they'll be able to practice all day. If the baby just loves to move and sleep on you. So yeah. <laughs> you just, you're good to go. Well, let's talk about some top players that still need partners. Trey Birchfield, Philip Lopez Jr., Eric Sockline, mm-hmm. Josh Holland, Eric Davis, Stephen Bernicet, Joe Niset, Jordan Power. Who are they going to play with? We don't know. Yeah,
1: the, the one most interesting one for me, Joe Niestet. Like that's hey, he a really
0: tough a partner. They just haven't announced it yet.
1: So, so he's got a partner and it'd be interesting to hear who it is. Right. One partnership that I would love to see that I will not see. I know this will not happen. Who is it? But I would love to see Philip Lopez Jr. and Eric Zocline. I would love oh, really? to see them. And the reason for that is because they've always been the B player. They've always been told that they're getting carried through tournaments. They're always nobody values them as good of players as they really are. And if they ever got the chance to pair yeah. up, it would be their opportunity that. to say, wait, wait a second, I can okay. throw some bags. So we won't see it. there's no regional affiliation. they're not close, they're not friends. like I'm just saying I'd love to see that you know in, 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 in theory.
0: Absolutely. Well, on the other side of the spectrum, let's talk about who's retiring. Mish, I want to
2: talk about partners.
0: No. You know what, Anthony? Come on, Mish. (laughs) You've reached your quota. Go ahead. Oh, man.
2: Oh, I can go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So Trey Birchfield, uh, obviously Alex Rawls going over to Derek Holland. So my feeling on this one was if you look at the whole Lucky brand, right, you've got Caden Allen out there who is, yeah, has just been a T-Lucky guy in the
1: past, right? Oh, yeah. he, he should, Here we go. <laughs> Allen. Allen. He's on the list. You've got to read him, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a Matt
2: Sorrells, who's also also been affiliated to Lucky, who's coming back, and I think he's going to be coming back better than most people think. So that was kind of my first thought, but you have this whole Titan brand out there that is really just kind of crickets. There's nothing coming out of the Titan brand. And if they're going to do the same thing they did last year, they're kind of – building up to this big team reveal, right? So you almost feel like all the players that haven't announced themselves are probably going to be somehow associated to Titan. Um, And it could be fire too, because they're kind of remaining a little quiet as well. So when I see a you know, a Birchfield out there, I'm like, hmm, that's kind of suspect, you know? And you look at his Zocline, when McGuffin said he was out, I was like, that would be a sweet uh, partnership. I do like the Lopez call, but McGuffin, Zocline, old school guys, similar games out of similar regions, um, but we're going to talk about McGuffin in the next series. That's not going to happen. You know, Holland, who uh, did pretty well, 31st with the Voyeur last year, he's also quiet out of the same area with Eric Davis. Do we maybe see those guys uh, maybe partner up together? That would be kind of outside of the box, but but possible. Have, have we had any fire announcements? Have the guys announced anything? Are father-son actually teaming up? You know, is is, is uh, a Davis guy actually splitting? Do we heard anything from the fire camp?
1: Well, we I, I don't know if we've heard it publicly, but I think it's pretty well known that Matt and Brett will play together and that I, which means Eric is looking. You yeah. um, know, mm-hmm. obviously we know where Jamie ended up. So really it just depends on what happens with Eric Davis.
2: Right. So then I get to talk about the next one because I haven't been sworn to secrecy on this. This is just a gut feeling. You talked about Neisted. Why wouldn't Joe Neisted and Jordan Power team up out of this quiet Titan brand who are saying nothing? That feels to me like the franchise team, if you will, out of Team Titan, just because they both haven't announced
1: that's well, my I mean and that, also assuming Hissner and Henderson don't stay together or do stay together, and that would be another Titan brand that could work. Yes. Right. That, if they decide yeah. to stay, that's another that's another premier team. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, Mish, Absolutely. I'm done.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay. So moving on to who's retiring, Courtney Coy, Bill Hadley, Jay Ruman, Jimmy McGuffin, and Bob Vonch. Trey, thoughts?
1: Yeah, there's too much to say for all these guys. I'll try to keep it as quick as possible. Courtney Coy has been a legend in the women's game, 2018 women's singles world champion. She was, you know, a phenom when she was growing up playing this game. And it, it killed me to see her decide to step away. Obviously, um, it's going to be a big loss in the women's game and in the game in general. It's a legend retiring. Bill Hadley. The longest tenured player, him and Doug Zab the longest tenured West Coast ACL pros that there were. Right, it was them right up there with Brevin and uh, Brevin Valdivia and Tyler Parent as far as longevity goes. And um, you know, it's it's been a bummer to see to see Bill step away, and he, it's just time for him. He's, he's 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 ready for ready to not have to travel every single weekend for a lot of these big tournaments. Jay Rubens a huge loss. Um, no other way to pull it. I mean, he's dealing with a lot, you know, he's got kids, he's got, you know, uh, different agreements and things like that. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances outside of the boards. This is not a on the boards decision. This is kind of um, a culmination of, of bad circumstance outside of Cornhole that has to force him to take a break for a while. And so um, I don't know if he'll be back, but Uh, he's a legend. Ruben's a legend. Um, He's a world champion. He's got just about every accolade that you can imagine. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bummer not to see him. He's kind of one of those tried and true guys. And I think it's, it's not going to be the same without him. Um, And I think the same name could be said about the next two. I know Jimmy McGuffin and Bob Vonch likely taking this week to see if they can find one last ditch of effort to find a sponsor for the season. Uh, But I think it's one of those things for them is, they're kind of getting towards the end of their career. They want to play maybe one or two more seasons, but you know they gotta have the incentive to stay and be around. And and they couldn't find that at least for now. And I mean, Jimmy McGuffin is one of the all timers in cornhole. I mean I remember that airmail. I'll never forget that airmail show in Arizona that he put on. Oh yeah. Um, I'll, I'll never remember. I'll never forget Bob Vaughn when Big Time Bob (BTB) became a sensation in Green Bay, Wisconsin, back in 2018. I mean, him going head to head against Rocky. I mean, these are guys that just were fundamental in in the growth of the ACL from the beginning. And if they truly are gone, it's going to be um, it's going to be it's going to be a bummer. Um, they they meant a lot to the game, meant a lot to us as a staff, and. And i uh, going to be bummed to see him go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Anthony, anything to add?
1: Yeah,
2: I'll just kind of conclude real quick. I mean, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of the new style game. And I feel like that that's where Cornhole is fun for me. But when we talk about these legends who do play kind of that old school game, uh, it stings. I think personally and professionally, you get to know these guys pretty well. These are the players that I came up on that really I learned the game from, you know, Hadley, Rubin, McGuffin. Fonch, all these old-school guys, so it does sting to watch these legends leave the game. And I want nothing more than these legends to be successful, um, the the old-school guys to be successful in the new-style game. Um, so it, it does it does hurt. Uh, but one just one comment on the Zaft and Lopez. So with Hadley out, Zaft moving to Lopez, leaving Team Ultra, which to me were kind of two faces of that brand, and moving to Reynolds. That kind of blew me out of the water. Like, it just didn't seem like a how that would fit in. Uh, but I think there might be a connection between Lopez and Reynolds, maybe in the team's events, if I got that right. Uh, but maybe. That well, yeah, they good. all
1: played for the Arizona Burn, All four yeah. of them. I mean, all of them did. So um,
0: yeah, probably that, makes, that team may have been why that deal happened, which is interesting to think about true. for the rest of the seasons. Uh, some new pro qualifiers in the mid north JS in the mountain north, Andrew C and the Northwest, Northwest, Justin D. All right. Moving. Back. Uh, I, I, Mark, I love,
1: uh, yeah. Andrew Clark is Andrew back. Park Shout is out Andrew Clark. Yeah, hey, buddy. He is back. So back again.
0: All right. Rookie preview time. There are some top rookies coming into the season. Um, hopefully, we get to really see them shine at that rookie showcase happening in uh, Rock Hill at the first open. But Trey, why don't you talk to us about some of those rookies to look out for?
1: It is going to be an interesting year for rookies. So every year we talk about the rookies being, you know, the rookie class, the rookie class going to be best ever, best ever. Now it's like at some point it has to level off. I think it's either this year or it's next year. So we may get one more year of the rookie class just being sensational, but eventually it's going to level off. The question is when. I think the key here is the past couple of years we've had some no brainers. We knew these people were going to come in. And they were going to be legit. And they were going to be top of the food chain type of players, right? The question is, can the players on this year's list be able to live up to those expectations? We've had last year Gavin Cano, Fisher Hamilton, Justin Burton Jr., even Logan Chamberlain. Like those guys we knew were going to be really, really good. Do we get the same level of production from Sammy Soto, from Caden Allen, uh, Jeremiah Ellis, Ryan Trader. I mean, those are the Brayden Wilson. Those are the big names that are coming into this year's class. And can we see that high level of production? I mean, to me, it feels limited to be in that top tier to just a few. I think Soto has the potential to do it. We've seen him win opens before. We know he can do it. Braden Wilson, the only thing that worries me is age, right? We see this fluctuation all the time in young kids that get into the game. We see this high level of production just because it's a kid trying to learn how to be an adult in a sporting world, right? So we'll see some fluctuation there. Uh, Jeremiah Ellis, we know can perform against the best and play really, really well. Can he be consistent year over year, right? From what I understand, there have been some up and downs in his game. When he's hot, he's not going to lose to anybody. But the issue is there's been some fluctuation in his game. So can he do that? Austin Cameron's another one of those guys. Fluctuation, but is a really talented thrower of the bag. I think he can be He can be really, really good. I mean, and then obviously Cade now. We've seen him win opens before. We know he's going to compete at a high level. The question for him is, is he top five or is he top 20? Right? Because there's a big difference between that level exposure, branding, success, money, everything between those two numbers. So those are really interesting. And then maybe the only other ones that I'm really looking forward to are some of the top women, female rookies that we have. Right. So, um, Zoe Gann, Desiree McCoy, Peyton Haynes, three, they're on my list, right? Zoe Gann was, um, you know, got in through application. Desiree McCoy was able to fill in that Courtney Coy spot when Courtney Coy stepped away. And then Peyton Haynes qualified via women's standing. So the thing with Peyton Haynes that I think is going to be interesting and why I have my eye on her in particular is because she is one of those female, rare female players that is going to play that block, cut, role game. That's not something that we see very often in the women's game. And if she can do it at a high level, she can be someone that's, that's uh, quite difficult to beat, um, especially in the women's game. So, Excited to watch all of them. But I think this is another highly touted, highly talented rookie class that we'll have coming in there. And the the simple question is just how high can they go?
0: Anthony, what are your thoughts?
2: My thought is that Trey's squeezing me today. He's not giving me any time to talk. That's that's Please. my thought.
0: He's dominating, and it's just, it's just frankly not fair. Hey,
1: these last two segments are a stretch, so we get some time. You got, you got some time, Anthony.
2: All right, I'll squeeze through it here real quick. Um, yeah, Sammy Soto. So obviously, with this guy, we know what we're gonna get. One, one thing—he's a Texas breed. I've said it before. Anytime you got a player coming out of Texas, you know what you're gonna get, and it is good. Um, this guy is gonna be right now second in the rookie field in dpr and he knows when to take washes this is a guy who's totally fine squeezing two points out of an eight six he's going to be scoring in that round he's totally fine with that and i think that's going to keep him successful uh jeremiah ellis let's just say it on paper he is the best rookie right now coming out rookie in the list right now number one in ppr number one in dpr number one in rounds one so when we get to the draft Uh, I'm ready to go watch this kid play or this guy play and absorb what his game is going to be. So this is going to be my first look at him live, but on paper, he is the best rookie right now on the list. Braden Wilson, really similar to Sammy Soto. My comments, a Texas breed. He plays a very similar game. His, his success isn't going to show up on paper. It's not going to be in a stat. He's a grinder. He's going to get his points when he needs it. And that's how he wins. Angel, we got to see him, uh, you know, a little bit in the uh, – was it the college? I think it was the college, right, Trey? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I kind of look at this guy and I'm like, okay, uh, I don't think he's going to be like a, a Shibner who came in as a rookie, you know, who finished 51. He's not going to be like a Chad Hunt that came in and finished in the 80s. I feel like he's going to be like a Dolan who was kind of like mid, you know, mid part of the of the field, 120 to 150. But that doesn't mean anything. You know, if he can come in his rookie season and finish right in the middle, meaning he's better than half of the league, half of the pro division. I think that's a successful, you know, rookie season for a guy like Angel. So that's what I'm expecting from him. Caden Allen, the guy's a winner. Uh, He he mixes his game really well. I kind of compare him to Alex Rawls, the ability to control speed. He can have a high PPR game if he needs to. He'll dirty it up if he needs to. He can kind of do everything. But at the end of the day, it's not flashy. And he's going to win. That's kind of what we're going to get out of Caden and Allen, and then I, we got to finish off with the th- with the three young the three young players. We got Trip Baker, Ryan Trader, Brady Foster. I think we can say the all all the same thing about them. They are going to come in and make an impact right away in the league as young players. I love Trader teaming up with an Alex Hicks. It's kind of weird to say, but uh, you know, fourteen year old Alex Hicks is going to be the veteran in that team. He's got a lot of experience. He's got TV experience. He's played on the biggest stage against the best. So we're going to have, you know, the 14-year-old mentoring the 13-year-old, you know, however that plays out. Uh, But I really love that partnership. And the same thing to be said about Brady Foster, another young talent coming in, teaming up with a veteran in Jimmy Humans. Both guys set up really nicely in the doubles division in their their, uh, rookie season.
1: The only one we didn't talk about, I still think is a dark horse for rookie of the year, Colby Shearer. I'm telling you. Yeah. People don't people don't want to mess around with Colby Shearer. I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna send some people home. Let's go.
0: Packing. All right. Time for buy or sell. I'll read you a line and you guys let me know if you buy or sell. First one, Cheyenne Bubenheim and Jeremy Fraser is an upgrade from Bubenheim Maudlin.
1: Thought a lot about this one, and I'm actually going to buy it. And the reason I'm going to buy it is if you would ask me, do you want Frank Modlin or Jeremy Frazier straight up in singles? I'm going to take Frank Modlin. He's been there. He's done that. He's been really successful. But Bubenheim and Modlin, I don't know what it is. They had the one big weekend in Topeka where they won the, the open and they won the shootout. But aside from that, it didn't feel like a partnership that succeeded. Right? So why am I trying to compare something to something that didn't succeed, right? If it didn't succeed, blow it up, try something different. So for me, at at minimum, it's the same. So I get an opportunity to upgrade for Cheyenne to get a partner that maybe Jeremy Frazier brings it in doubles. They both play to their potential and ultimately it's a better off deal. So ultimately I'll buy it.
0: Anthony?
2: Uh, Is there a no
0: bet option? No buy or no sell. No, we've been through like... this. Like the first buy or sell, you tried to get away with that. No, you choose <laughs> this, one.
2: All right, this one's a hard wash for me. If I had to pick one, um, I'm gonna buy because I think that Cheyenne and Maudlin under succeeded From what they were capable of last season, I think they underperformed. Uh, can they beat? I think it was 35th. Yes, I think they can. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy, but I, I'm not feeling good about it.
0: Thank you for that. (laughs) Noah Luton and Noah Almanza are poised for a bounce-back season together.
1: Yeah, I got to buy this one because I think their season was so poor last year. I mean, to be frank, just wasn't great. I mean, I think Noah Almanza in particular had a poor first national and then had to deal with the repercussions of a poor seed for the rest of the way. Right? Mm -hmm. I think all things aside, as bad as he was in singles, he really – He wasn't as good as he was the year before, but I think all things are pointing to him having at least closer to that first season. I think Noah Wooten is going to get it figured out. I really do. I got some, I got just a gut feeling that him and and Almanza put together a really strong year. I, I think this team can be a top 25 team. I really, really do.
0: Anthony.
2: Yeah. The, no, there's no wash option, right? Okay. No buy or you no
0: sell. That. You write the buy or sell, Anthony.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna buy as well. I think they're poised for a comeback season. Obviously, Noah Almanza killed it in doubles with Clemmer. Um, that's the mark that's really has me kind of confused here. But individually in singles, absolutely, these guys are top talents in the league. Again, if Noah can just clean up those mechanics a little bit, we talked a little bit about Birchfield. You know who had um, you know the robot name against him a while ago. I think Wooten had this has the same issue with just a lot of extra movement that he doesn't need. When we can see an 11 year old Braden Wilson throw a clean bag without a step over, without all the extra movement, and the guy's barely 85 pounds, I think a grown man should be able to throw a bag with clean mechanics. Um, that's what I'm going to buy.
0: The top female rookie in 2024 will be Zoe Gan.
1: Yeah, see, I I think Zoe has the potential to be the number one. I think Tiffany Fincham can be number one. But ultimately, I'm actually going to settle on Peyton Haynes. I think her ability in the women's game to disrupt a lot of slide players is going to benefit her at a high level. I'll go with Peyton Haynes, so I will sell it. Anthony? Anthony? I'm going to buy. I'm
2: going to buy. I mean, um, if we look on paper, she's middle of the pack in PPR. She's the top third in DPR. I'm familiar with Fincham and Haynes' game um, and where they sit both playing the game and statistically. Uh, I don't think that they're too much of a threat for Zoe. I'm going to buy that one.
0: Rookie of the year in 2024 is going to be under 18 years old.
1: That's tough. Yeah. See, this is tough. So when you when you think about it, who who am I taking and who am I passing on? So I'm taking Braden Wilson, Ryan Trader, Sammy Soto. I'm passing on. Yes. Allen, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Ellis. Ellis, Slicker uh, even Slicker and yeah yeah everybody else pretty much everybody, everybody else. Was Yeah, uh, uh, even Austin Cameron, Colby Shear, Justin Duke, all those guys that we had written down here that we were talking about. I'm going to buy it. Uh, I think I went with Soto for my Rookie of the Year pick, and I think he wins Rookie of the Year. I think he will be the top performer. I think it will come down to him and maybe um, Caden Allen and Jeremiah Ellis, but I really think Sammy Soto is just going to have a little bit much. So because of that, i got to stick with my pick. So I will buy it that the is under 18 wins rookie of the year. Anthony. This one is tough.
2: Um, My gut says buy. I'm going to go with sell Uh, just because I get the field on that one. Like Trey was saying, you get those three, but I get the field, which includes a Jeremiah Ellis and a Caden Allen. Those are the two I'm looking at. Maybe a dark horse and a slicker, a Fincham, maybe a Verona, a Foster, but really I'm getting Caden Allen and Jeremiah Ellis in the
1: rest of the field. I'm going to sell.
0: Jay Rubin is a first ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, at this early stage in our sport, the answer's got to be yes, right? I mean, maybe if you take his resume 20 years from now, you can probably say he's maybe doesn't get in and and maybe not even a first ballot type of thing. But right now, I I say yes. Whenever that Hall of Fame does get established, he's got to be. He's a world champion. He's a pro shootout champion. He's won singles events. He's won doubles events with multiple partners. He's dominant when you see him. He has the high PPR. He can hit the airmail, signature airmail. I mean, when I think about a Hall of Famer, you think about somebody that has just consistently won, and, and Jay Rubin's done that. I say bye.
0: Anthony?
2: I'm going to get you right back on time, Meach. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Trey's been doing to me also. Bye.
1: Now we're, sh- now we're short on time. Now we're going to kill eight minutes with one segment. We're not supposed
0: to talk about time. It's not borderline. We have to to stay away from the time. That's
1: true. Yeah, we've we've hit our borderline quota already. All right, Trey, take it away. All right, everybody's favorite off-season game, right? So um, I think there's, there's some fun ones here, and there's some different things that I want to talk about in here, and I think that's what makes them interesting. Okay, first up. Uh this is name your player. Okay, I'm gonna describe them, and you got everybody knows this by now. Blah blah blah. Okay. This player is entering their fourth season as an ACL pro. Okay. This person entering a fourth season. They are top 15 in all time ACL titles. Okay. This season, they did make the broadcast court but they only did it in doubles. Only made the broadcast court in doubles.
0: That includes shootouts. That includes nationals. That includes. Correct.
1: This next one may give you your first guess. Okay. This person's rank. I said they're entering their fourth year. Okay. So these are the following rankings over the past three seasons in singles, okay? Uh, Two years ago, they were 52. Oh,
2: that jacked me up. I had a guess until you said that. (laughs) Last year, they were 26. Oh. You keep saying they. That means they were both. In, no, in, he. In,
1: the, the, okay, okay. I mean, I didn't. I well, I shouldn't have said he. But yes. wait, so yeah. they're
0: going into their fourth year.
1: Or- so two years ago, or so in twenty twenty one, they finished fifty two. In twenty twenty two, they finished twenty six. In twenty twenty three, they finished fifth.
2: Caleb Batson. Caleb Batson.
1: Mm. That's it. Was that your original guess And 52 threw you off?
2: Yes. 50, that actually threw me off. I had bats in the whole time and I'm like,
1: hey, was he that
2: far back? But I guess he was.
1: Yeah. And then my last clue is going to be, he's had the same partner, his entire pro career. Yeah. Oh, right. okay. So part of the reason I want to do this name, your player is to show the progression of how a young kid can come into this. And he started his rookie year as the 52 ranked player in his rookie season as a pro then went to 26, was really viewed as this breakout player, but then he followed up with fifth. So it's just really meant to say you can't write off anybody. Like, I mean, they can continue to progress, and just because we think that someone has hit their ceiling, if they commit themselves to a grind, they can continue to get even better, and obviously it ended with a world championship this year. Okay. Next player, okay? Okay. This player is entering their third year as an ACL pro. They have five titles. Ooh. Okay. Their third year that they're entering will be their third different ACL pro partner. I Got an idea. Okay. This player has zero <laughs> titles outside oh. of opens. Oh.
0: Outside of opens? Jimmy humans?
1: It's not Jimmy humans. Okay,
2: so they have five ACL titles, all opens. Okay. <laughs> all different parts. Five open. And go- zero
1: others. Wow. Who's your guest? Uh, you want to guess? Guess. The five ACL titles is significant
2: because it is. That kind of moves you really high up the list. All opens.
1: Mm. This year, they will be playing with a rookie ACL pro partner. Got it. Jimmy Humans. No, just, oh, he's been mean. around
2: too long. He's been around too long. <laughs> He's been around too long.
0: <clears throat> has he been here Last for one, three? How many years, has Jimmy? been playing
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he had one more. I got it. Than this person. I got it. Alex Hicks. Alex Hicks. Ding ding ding. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Alex Hicks still zero titles outside of opens. We talk about him being a really dominant player. It's it is hard to win. <laughs> I think this his resume really speaks to how difficult it is to win at the pro level. And speaking to a lot of these rookies, it's one thing to dominate at that open level. It's another thing to come in to a pro event and be able to be the best player on that day. It is so difficult to do that. All right, here we go. Last one. This person has the same number of titles as Damon Dennis, Kyle Malone, and Jay Rubin. Okay. 83% of those titles have been in round limited format. 83%, okay. I think I got it. (laughs) And that's five out of six. So they've had six titles. Five of them have been in round limited format. Next one. This will be the fifth straight year of this player changing pro partners.
2: All right. Still fits my thing. Not mine. Is it too soon? Is it too soon?
1: You can guess. All right. Ryan Smith. No.
0: No. Ryan Smith was my guess, but he he has the same partners this year as last year.
1: This he will kept be the fifth. So, again, same number. Of, so, he's got – he, sorry. Six titles. Five out of six of them have been in round-limited format. Ooh. Fifth straight year Different switching partners. pro partners. Got another
2: guess. That's what I was going to say.
1: Who? Mod- Modlin? Frank Modlin, yeah, a good call. he got it. he go, got one. Let's go, Miche. Let's go, Mies. um, yes. And the last one is gonna be they've thrown the same bag for all. Oh, yeah, that seasons was, that they've been was, that's different partners every year. Every year, this is a trend I don't like. Jordan Langworthy, Jamie Graham, which he'll circle back to, Jamie Graham, Tyler Poitras, Austin Slowbomb, Cheyenne Bubenheim, and then. Jamie Graham switching a partner every year—that's telling. That worries me a little bit. You can never develop that consistency. Maybe there's a little bit of consistency here. You get a little bit of familiarity with Jamie Graham, um, but yeah, just get it, Just very interesting. Um, I just think it—it uh, it, just
0: a little bit telling.
1: That's all I got. That's you yeah. guys got. You guys got all three of them. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's time for hot takes. You got one of those? I got one.
1: I don't you actually. You
2: ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony goes, no, I don't. I'm I don't. scroll in. scrolling. I'm scrolling.
1: <laughs> I think Jeremy Fraser and Cheyenne Bubenheim are a top 20 team next season. That mm-hmm. is my hot take. I really think it's going to be a successful partnership, not only for Bubenheim, but for Frazier as well. Al Fraser come out of the shell he got that one win at a pro shootout level with Noah Almanza. He can play at the high level. I think playing with Bubenheim, there it's going to be a one plus one equals three type of partnership.
0: Anthony, did you did you get one?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a draft pick, uh, number one pick in the draft. So what makes it hot is uh, he's a rookie. He's not at the top of the chain in stats. He's just a guy who wins. He's going up against the rest of the field. So all the pros, you've got returning pros like Matt Sirells. I'm going to say number one pick in the draft, Caden Allen. Hot take. Hot take.
0: Mm. I don't hate it though. I don't hate it. No, I don't hate that at all. I'm going with uh, with the ladies, uh, Desiree McCoy out of my area. I think she's top five females uh, who's going to finish this season. She's she's very good. Ooh, top five
1: out of all females.
0: Out of all females. Whoa, that is hot. That's not hot. even on the radar.
2: Now I now I got to figure this out.
0: Desiree can do it. Yep, she's very okay. good. All right, guys, that's all we got time for. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys all next time.